Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. They say it's in your blood, a game that can't be won, only played. A love affair. It satisfies the soul and frustrates the intellect. The greatest game ever played. Golf. It's real. And this is Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of legendary golfer Billy Casper. Talking golf with you for more than two decades. And now, here's Brian and Bob. Yeah, thank you very much and welcome in to this week's edition of Real Golf Radio as we look back at the 87th playing of the Masters Tournament. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, son of 1970 Masters champion Billy Casper. Also two-time U.S. Open champion. And congrats to John Rahm, who joins an exclusive club. Not only the Masters Club as a Masters champion, but one of the 18 players to have won the Masters and the U.S. Open, of which Bob's dad, Billy Casper, is a part. And most notably, John Rahm, now the first European player to join that elite club. So that was pretty amazing stuff. We'll hear from John Rahm later on in the show. He was asked about that. He was told that he was the first European player to do it. He didn't believe it. He's like, I he still, was shocked. I can't even believe what, that you're telling me that. And then, <laughs> you know, he's just so humble. I'll tell you, man, it is hard to not root for John Rahm. And I said this in some of the recap stuff that I've done throughout the last week. Typically, especially in a Ryder Cup year, the American fan base would be partial to the American player. In this case, Brooks Kepka. The, um, the American with the John Rahm, the European. And it was very noticeably pro-Rahm in that crowd out there. And probably a lot of that has to do with Brooks moving over to live. But also that John is just so likable, it's hard not to root for the guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I think a lot of it was that the patrons there wanted anybody to win but a live guy. And when Brooks was out in front after three rounds, that you know, they started to warm up to his play and all the lives guys play and, and the, and everybody else playing on the PGA tour. But then when Rom took the lead, um, boy, they sure kind of propped him up and helped him along. It was really cool to see how they accepted him and how he was forthcoming in his media 
interviews and uh, just how liked he is on the PGA Tour by all the players. Yeah, there's no question. We're going to get into that final round and how both of those players played. Look at the course statistics. How about that 13th hole? How big of a change was that from last year to this year? We'll get into that as well. And then, Bob, I want to get your take on the ceiling for John Rahm now that he's a two-time major winner. We'll do that all coming up next here on Real Golf Radio. Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the Rip Grip Pro. Co-created by Dodgers AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. This is your captain. You may have noticed my new haircut on your way in. Wanted to look my best. Getting the new passport photo taken at Staples. In and out in 10 minutes. And while I'm there, I can grab travel size body wash. Maybe a shower cap. Don't want to mess up the new do. Staples has everything you need to travel. 10-minute passport photos, luggage, headphones, even personal travel items. And now at Staples, get 20% off your in-store purchase when you buy any travel service. Get all set to jet and save at Staples. Offer ends 429. In-store only. Exclusion supply. With your choice of select sandwich, nugs, fries, and a drink, Wendy's $5 Biggie Bag is your go-to. Your nugget wingman. Your hot and crispy fry co-pilot. Just like us. We're like the bag boys. What? Bag boys, bag boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we bring your food? <sighs> For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of double stacked JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher. With Progressive's HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance, because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, you mean like when I let someone with less groceries go ahead in line? Sure, there's a part of me that thinks, if you only need three things, maybe go to a convenience store next time. And now they're sifting through coupons and my frozen foods are about to be not frozen. But still, it's the right thing to do. So compare rates with Progressive's Home Quote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Chimeric Antigen T-Cell Therapy, or CAR T-Cell Therapy, is a unique, personalized approach that harnesses a patient's own T-cells and genetically engineers them to recognize and attack cancer. Among patients with large B-cell lymphoma, or LBCL, it's making a difference in this difficult-to-treat blood cancer. Dr. Manali Kamdar is an Associate Professor of Medicine and Clinical Director of Lymphoma Services at the University of Colorado Hospital. The safety profile and effectiveness seen with CAR T-cell therapy reinforces use among appropriate large B-cell lymphoma patients, advances in treatment have created a shift in the nearly 30-year standard practice, increasing the potential of long-term remission for more patients. Patients treated with CAR T-cell therapy may experience serious side effects, including cytokine release syndrome and neurotoxicity, which can happen in the first few days to several weeks after infusion. Talk to a doctor to see if CAR T-cell therapy is right for you. For more information, visit bms.com slash cell therapy info. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb. Back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. This segment is brought to you in part by Callaway Golf and the Paradigm Driver celebrating another win for Paradigm and the first major by John Rahm using that Paradigm Driver. Check out CallawayGolf.com. When I hit that third shot on the green and 
I could tell it was, it was close by the crowd's reaction. Uh, just the wave of emotion of so many things just overtook me. Uh, never thought I was going to cry by winning a golf tournament, but I got very close on on that 18th hole. Um, there's no chance that I wouldn't cry if I won the Masters. Zero. <laughs> there's a 100% chance of emotions if I was to ever win the Masters. Heck, there's a 100% chance of emotions just watching the Masters. You know, so the fact that John says he didn't think he was going to cry, but he came close. Man, that's, that's some pretty cool stuff. When you start adding up all of those things, Bob, like it was 40 years after Seve won his last Masters tournament and on what would be, have been his 66th birthday. And, yeah. you know, just all of the things that go along with that. For him to be able to get that done and, and become the first European tour player to win both the Masters and the U.S. Open, that's some special stuff. And John is acutely aware of history, although he didn't realize that stat. I don't know if right. any of us did. But he enjoys the opportunity. He told us early on in this whole live PGA Tour discussion that he wasn't playing for a check. He was playing for his place in history, and he just cemented himself in a pretty impressive club, having won that green jacket to go along now with that U.S. Open and, uh, and the rest of his PGA Tour wins, 11 of them. Yeah, being in that champion's locker room now for him is going to be a special experience with the likes of Seve and Sergio and uh, Ola Thobel. Um, but also to be able to sit in the Masters Champions Dinner on Tuesday night, to be able to uh, do the menu for that, but also to be able to rub shoulders with all those greats. 32 guys there this this last week, and every single one of them a phenomenal champion. And uh, just it's just going to be a great, great, great opportunity for him um, to know that from now on, he gets to play the Masters every time. And I don't doubt that he won't have multiple Masters under his belt by the time he's done with his career. Interesting. Well, one of those guys in that club is has three jackets and knows John Rom well. That's Phil Mickelson, who had an impressive Sunday. Here's what he had to say about Rom. There's nine holes left to go when I walked off the golf course. I was two behind, and, and John played an amazing back nine. I mean, a lot can happen on that back nine. A lot of good can happen, a lot of bad, and he played some incredible golf all, all week long and, and uh, is a very worthy champion. He's uh, easy to see why he's regarded as the best player in the world, and, and uh, he validated that today. There's no question there was some validation there, Bob. When you hear what he has to say, when you just mentioned all the things you're talking about, what do you think the ceiling is for John Rahm? And, again, this is a young guy. He's still only 28 years old. Yeah, you know, he burst on the scene right out of college his first year, and he wins at San Diego. And he's just continued to clip along winning golf tournaments, you know. He won his first major in at Torrey Pines. Um, and then now he gets his first Masters victory. Um, the sky's the limit for this guy for w continuing to win golf tournaments, um, but also to continuing to win majors. He's got everything that he needs to do to win major championships. He drives the ball well. He drives it long. Case in point, 13th hole, you know, hits that nice little draw around the around the trees and gets it into there to where he's got a six or a five iron into the green, and he plays it correctly, ends up making a birdie to keep his distance and keep going. But he drives it well. His iron shots are well. Uh, the chip on 13, we've... You know, there's another thing. He chipped it right down there. That's an easy shot to get away from you and hit it down into the creek. And he chipped it well and got it down there to where he can make a, bir a birdie. His putting is, is adequate. And when it gets good, it's really good. So he's a guy that will continue 
to uh, push the envelope, and I think his his ceiling is unlimited, in my opinion. You know, it's always easy to come off with such high praise and expectations off the guy that just won. But, you know, you look at the fact that this is his fourth win of the season. Yeah. And, you know, it's 11th win overall. It's pretty impressive stuff. Just uh, looking at some of these, you know, so far this year, four wins in 10 starts, seven top 10. So he's got a 40% win percentage and a 70% top 10 percentage so far on the PGA Tour this year. How good is that? He's played in seven Masters, five top 10s with the win. Right, so obviously, and this is a guy we talked about as one of the favorites going into the week. When in his PGA Tour career, he's played 141 times. He has 70 top 10. So half of the time, he is teeing it up in a PGA Tour event. He is top 10. I mean, that is some stellar play, and he's got the 11 wins to go along with it. So um, pretty impressive. I wanted to go back, and you mentioned several good things there, Bob. But how about his his uh, course knowledge and yeah. his his um, course management right going around that golf course in the position that he was started out trailing by a couple then he got that lead and he never gave it back we see it's it's so easy to lose focus just a little bit and and open the door for somebody else but talk about the way he managed especially that back nine on sunday at augusta national well that's huge we talk over and over and over we talk about that the tournament comes down to the back nine at augusta national the last nine holes and we've seen guys play those last nine holes. Rory McIlroy had a, had a lead going to the back nine, hits an errant shot, and ends up losing. Jordan Spieth in 2016, after he won in 2015, hits an errant shot on 12, hits it in the water, loses the golf tournament. Um, Tiger Woods in 2019 played the correct shot on, on 12. And that's what he did. I mean, uh, you know, hit it in the middle of the green on 10, hit the middle green on 11, hit it in the middle of the green on 12. He talked with Tony Finau uh, in a practice round and said, you know, did you hit a good shot on 12? And Tony said, yeah, I hit a good shot, but it wasn't the correct shot. So he hit it over where Tiger Woods hit it, Yeah, which is a smart thing, okay? Hit the great drive on 13, made sure he missed it to the left if he was going to miss it on 13. Gets it up and down for birdie. Hits, hits the drive down the right side to give him an opening to the hole, not the left side, but the right side to give him an opening to the hole. And even though he's in the rough a little bit, hit that beautiful little cut shot in there, cuts the slope, runs all the way down. He makes a four or five footer for birdie. 15th hole, laid up, then hit it up there, makes par. 16, hits the right shot, you know, just a little bit long, taking the water out of the play, everything, you know, two putts. 17, you know, he he gets it up and down. 18, bad bad drive, but uh, hits it up short, hits a wedge up to about four or five feet, makes that. So everything he did on that back nine was intelligent as far as not doing anything stupid to lose the, lose the golf tournament, but he took advantage of the golf course when he had the opportunities to make a couple of birdies and extend his lead, and that's how he won by four shots. 34 on that second nine, and that's what it took to get it done. 35, Bobby shoots one under, so three under for the 69, and just the single blemish on his card, something he was super proud of that he said afterwards, and that was the bogey on the ninth hole, but that was coming right. off a birdie at eight, right? So, yep. And when you look at Kepka, <clears throat> look, when you got a two-shot lead, to me the key is you got to get birdie at number two. 
You know, and yeah. he made par at number two. And I just think you, you have to, when you've to got the pressure on, that's right. Yep. You, you, you just missed an opportunity to, to notch another one up there because you know, you're going to have some struggles. And he did, he really struggled with the par threes on that front nine bogey in both four and six, and then failed to make, uh, take advantage of the two par fives on that front nine and bogeyed at nine. And he was pretty hot about that, said that he let that linger on him a little bit longer, but man, a 39, when you've got a two shot lead, I mean, look, Rom goes out in 35, he goes out in 39, completely flipped the tables and, and, and then never gave it back to him. So like I said, impressive performance by Rom. Little surprise that Brooks didn't jump in there. We, we know him as a big game hunter and he's, he's won the four major championships. Didn't expect him to fade away. And that's essentially what he did. Well, and anytime you've, you're leading the golf tournament, especially at Augusta and you've got a, whatever the lead was going into the final round, anytime you're leading, you can't just go out at Augusta and, play even par and not expect somebody to do like what Jordan Spieth or Phil Mickelson or John Rahm or uh, Patrick Reed for that matter, uh, Cam Young, uh, Sahith Gala, all those guys shot four, five, six, seven under par. Those guys are going to be coming. You got to press the issue and you got to give yourself an opportunity to maintain your league and extend it out. Yeah, it was uh, Brooks and Victor Hovland, the only two players really there at the top of the leaderboard that did not shoot under right. par on Sunday. When we come back, Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel and GolfChannel.com is going to stop by and give us his thoughts on the Masters and some of the storylines around that. Stay tuned. That's next here on Real Golf Radio. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968-800-817-2968-800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, 
If you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable. Priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738 That's 800-278-1738 You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking Golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back to the show. Brian and Bob with you. Looking back at last week's Masters Tournament, John Rahm, the 2023 Masters Champion. And joining us right now from Golf Channel and GolfChannel.com. You saw a lot of him last week at the Masters. We see him pretty much every week. He is uh, on the scene. He's getting things done. He's telling the story. And we appreciate him taking a few minutes to join us and look back at last week. Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel and GolfChannel.com. Rex, how are you? Good. It was good to see you guys last week. Most of the time, you're just a voice on the other side of the phone. <laughs> you know what? We we are we exist. So it was. Good. You know what? Like I tell people, if they'll keep inviting me, I'll keep coming. I we love being out there, and it's uh, it's uh, it's always a treat to be able to see that golf course and see how it all unfolds on Sunday. I, I will say, I mean, is it fair that uh, you know maybe uh, it, it lacked a little bit of of drama down the stretch? I mean, you know, I, I thought I'd get more out of Brooks challenging Rom. Uh, I was surprised that Brooks didn't perform better, and that's all day. I mean, he had finished up uh, 20-something holes on my calculation. So, he had quite a bit of golf to play. You would have thought that even if he struggled, you know, early to finish up the third round, that he would have found a way to turn it around, you know, coming out the final round. And, and he just didn't. And I guess that's still the gap, right? We talked uh, about this last week, about the idea that he's still the same player as he was before he joined Liv Goff. I, I could argue that. Most of them are. Like DJ's still a top 10 player. Ken Smith's still a top 5 player. And Brooks is clearly that major champion top 10 player that we've expected. But the fact he didn't get it done on Sunday, at, you know, he didn't make it 72 holes, got and fill in whatever punchline you weren't right there, was a little bit surprising. But I do think if you look at the way the final leaderboard kind of passed out, I, I will say for golf, it's exciting going into the rest of the majors because you kind of want to see these guys go head-to-head more often. You know, the interesting thing is Brian talked about not not much drama or anything coming down the down the stretch. Anytime you go to that back nine, I'm I am just sweating bullets because I'm thinking drama all the way along. You got you got 12, you got 13, you got 15, um, you know, 17 and 18 or no pushover. We've seen guys bogey those holes coming in and and losing the golf tournament. I thought John Rahm played some great golf on that back nine down the stretch conservative when he needed to, but aggressive when he needed to as well. I would agree. And, and I think we, I had this conversation on Sunday night with my co-host Ryan Lander about, you know, we always do the sports radio talk show thing where, you know, did, did Brooks lose it or did John win it? And I had a hard time wrapping my mind around that because clearly, as we just said, Brooks could have played better, but I don't know if it would have made a difference. I mean, I guess if you would have put some pressure on him, you know, who knows, on John Rom, who knows 
what would have happened, but he was dominant. I mean, he was a guy who, after starting the week with a four-putt, which is baffling, I'm pretty sure that's the first time that's ever happened in a major championship, to finishing up the way he did and to be that dominant, I mean, that's an impressive week. Rex Hogger joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So speaking of Rom, uh, I thought the the stat was pretty interesting that he's the first European tour player to win both the Masters and the U.S. Open. I mean, it, it's really kind of hard to believe that, actually. But the, with, given that fact and that he's the fourth Spaniard and all of those you know accolades that are going along with him, he's number one in the world, he's still young. What, what's the ceiling for John Rom right now? We asked his caddy, Adam Hayes, on Sunday night after the final round, and we were trying to get whatever we could from him. And he sort of stopped. And most caddies are not going to, to play along with it. They're not going to set some sort of ceiling for their player. But he put it majors in the double digits. And he kind of counted it and said, look, anything can happen. And he's still, as you pointed out, he's still young. But he goes, look, he doesn't get injured. And if he stays focused and he stays hungry like he is right now, there's no part of his game that you would look at and say, well, he's got to shore that up. I mean, there's plenty of players who have won major championships where we have probably sat on Monday or, you know, the week after and picked apart that, yes, they had a great week. but their putting has to improve. They need to be more consistent or whatever the case may be. You can't do that with John Rahm. He may have a less than stellar putting week. He may have a less than stellar week driving the golf ball. But by and large, more weeks, most weeks he shows up. He shows up and he's ready to win. And you can't say that about many players in the game right now. How about that group of Phil Mickelson and Jordan Spieth um, in that in that final round? Seemed like those guys were feeding off of each other, and and of course Jordan made bogey on the final hole. But wow, what a great round for Phil Mickelson uh, shooting that seven under sixty five, and Jordan Spieth six under sixty six in that fi- in that grouping. Uh, it fills what I wrote on Sunday night, and there were so many things going on. And again, Ryan Lander was writing gone wrong, so we had the champions covered. But I was fascinated by the idea. Keep in mind that Phil hasn't finished in the top five anywhere in the world on the PGA Tour, on Live Golf, anywhere in the world since he won at Kiowa back in 2021, the PGA Championship. So it gives you an idea of where his game had been for the last two, two and a half years. And I was taken by the idea of kind of standing in the scrum area, which you guys are familiar with, and watching Phil come up. And his longtime manager, Steve Lloyd, was there waiting on him. And Steve was crying, like uncontrollably crying, like ugly crying, you know, like when you're really, really emotional. And I was kind of taken by the fact that he, he wasn't that emotional when Phil became the oldest major champion at Kiwa at 51. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he wasn't that emotional then. He, you know, he was more victorious. They were celebrating together. They are enjoying the moment. This felt like an accomplishment. And I was just really taken by the idea of when I talked to people around Phil, and, and everyone was very reluctant to come out and say this, but it was a direct reflection of everything he's been through for the last year and a half. He's become the lightning rod in the PGA Tour lift off the base. And for him to do this it was pretty impressive. Does it say anything, Rex? I mean, it, should we take anything from this? I mean, not when it applies to Phil Mickelson because he simply hasn't been consistent. I mean, I wish I could sit here and tell you that, oh, he's going to be a factor in the next three major championships this year. But as I just pointed out, he has done absolutely nothing, again, on PGA Tour or Live Golf since he won at Kiowa. As it applies to the broader narrative, I mean, you had three Live players finish inside the top five at the Gaston National. And so the idea that somehow these guys weren't going to be ready, and I'll be the first to admit that I didn't know how to slot him into the field because we didn't have our normal data. We didn't have the information that we normally have, the shot link data, the head-to-head data, everything we use to quantify who's playing well going into a major championship. We really didn't have that. Brooks won the week before in Orlando at Orange County National, but we still don't know how to quantify that because it's 54 holes, it's a shotgun start. I'm not even getting into that debate about whether that's a real competition or not. 
because clearly he was and he was game ready when he showed up. I spent some time talking with this swing coach, Claude Farmer. He said he's swinging it like he did in back in 2016, which is pretty impressive when you sit and you think about it. But when you look at how they perform against the rest of the players, those who stayed loyal to the PGA Tour, and then I made this argument on live from on Saturday, it's actually good for golf because again. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really, really looking forward to the PGA Championship next month. Yes, they're going to be together again, and it's going to be the same tension, and it's going to be the same narrative. And, and as a storyteller, I like that. You know, the interesting thing is, is those guys are going to be tired when they get to the PGA Championship. They're going to Singapore. They're going to Australia. They're coming back to the United States. And then they're playing the PGA Championship. Um, so there could be a, a tiredness factor going into the PGA. But qu- my question is, you mentioned those three guys, Mickelson, Kepka, and Patrick Reed, all finishing in the top ten. Do you think that's an anomaly? Or do you think that's something we can we can expect to see from them or some of the live guys going forward? Oh, I don't think it's an anomaly. I think, again, it goes back to what I just said. I mean, the idea that just because these players are playing another tour, they're not top 10 players in the world, it, it's kind of silly. You shouldn't think about it. They're still the same competitors. They still have the same swings. They, they're still driven the same way. I, I don't buy into the narrative that everyone who joined Live Golf got a huge paycheck, therefore they're going to get lazy and not want to go out and win anymore. Because I've seen it time and time again, that doesn't happen to elite athletes, but at least not the really, really good ones. And I would argue that DJ and Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka are there. I, I think you'll continue to see them. Will, will one of them win? I think statistically it's going to become more and more difficult because there's going to be fewer and fewer lift players in the majors just because of the way the world rankings are shaking out. But sure, they can continue to play. Rex Hogger joining us here on Real Golf Radio. So Bob mentioned fatigue. That's kind of been written about, and I know you wrote about it as well. Rory McIlroy withdrawing this week from RBC Heritage. That apparently comes with a reported hefty penalty for that. So so how about this designated event sort of fatigue that the top players uh, apparently are experiencing? Well, I think it was Jordan who kind of gave voice to this on Sunday when he finished up his round. He sort of talked about not having the formula right coming into this youth massive. And everyone tries to tinker with it. I mean, I did two columns about how Rory was tinkering with trying to get ready for the Masters and he missed the cut. So slowly, whatever it is this time around was the formula. But if you look, I did find it fascinating. And Jordan is very well-spoken, and I think everyone's comfortable with him speaking to the crowd. But he played the exact same number of events this year as he did last year going into the Masters and the year before and the year before that. I think what changes the intensity of those events. And six of the nine weeks leading up to the Masters was a designated event. So it's no longer an issue of, yes, I'm going to play the basketball championship just because I like the basketball championship and I've had success there. These players now are beholden, or at least this year, they're beholden to these designated events. So they pretty much had to play all of them, starting with Phoenix and working all the way up. You also had match play. This was just two weeks before the Masters, which can be a grind. It can be a long week if you advance to the knockout stages. So I do think there's something to it. I, I wrote a column about this yesterday on GolfCamera.com. I will say, that how things are transpiring next year. First and foremost, next year there won't be any mandatory minimum. So you won't have to play X amount of the designated events. They want the top players to play all of them, but you don't have to. The second half of the equation is officials are trying to come up with some sort of flow to the schedule where you'll end up with sort of these mini swings is what they're calling them between the designated events. So two or three non-designated events around two or three designated events. And if they're able to do that, I don't know how they're going to do that because seems like such a heavy lift if you look at the schedule. But if they're, a lot, if they're able to do that, I think this alleviates a lot of what we're hearing right now. Yeah, Jordan said, uh, as you referred to, 
Um, he played what eight out of the last nine or 10 weeks. And he said he was going to have to start rethinking his schedule, especially with these bigger events and that kind of thing. Um, when you talk about, when you talk about live, um, and you talk about what they're going through 54 whole events and that kind of thing. Um, there's a lot of guys that, you know, really good players there at the top of that, that live, um, echelon. What about the lower guys? Are they going to be, are they going to be transferred out as new guys come in? What's, what's kind of the whole thing with live and allowing more players to get on or more players being knocked off? Uh, I mean, my understanding is, and I haven't studied this very well, so to be completely upfront, but there will be some sort of promotion and relegation. My understanding is it's going to be pretty small. I think it's going to be a matter of two or three or four players are going to be promoted, two or three or four are going to be demoted. Now, I do know that this is based on the idea that those two or three players that didn't play well on live, they will be demoted only if they don't have long-term contracts. For example, Phil Mickelson, we were just talking about, we know he has a long-term contract, so I don't see him getting demoted to the Asian Tours International Series or anything along those lines. I don't know if we're going into a scenario where you see a lot of movement in and out. Uh, being at the Little Vet two weeks ago in Orlando, I was taken by how everyone wanted to talk about the kick team concept and about how Dustin Johnson is going to want to add a new team member. So maybe he gets rid of Taylor Gooch. No, I'm not saying that, that, that's the fact. He's throwing it out there. Uh, maybe he wants to get rid of Taylor Gooch and pick someone up. I can see sort of transactional things like that happening, but a wholesale change I don't see happening in that. Well, Rex, we appreciate you taking some time. Always good to visit with you, and uh, great to see you last week at Augusta. Enjoy a little bit of a week off, and we'll catch up with you again soon. See you guys. All right, there you go. Rex Hogger, Golf Channel, golfchannel.com, joining us here as we look back at last week's Masters Tournament. Always appreciate his time. Stay tuned. More of the show next. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best, better for everyone. There are currently 2 million American spouses and children whose family member was killed or disabled in defense of our country, which is why I founded the Folds of Honor, providing educational scholarships to the families of 1% of the Americans who protect our freedom. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Thank you for supporting the Folds of Honor. Please join our squadron today. 
your $13 a month speaks volumes and changes lives forever. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade. But it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. The new Jaws Raw from Callaway. to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. And this segment is brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort. Check out blackdesertresort.com. If you were watching the CBS special just before Masters coverage on Sunday on the masterful Tom Weiskopf, you saw a little feature on Black Desert, Tom Weiskopf's, what was it, 77th and final design, uh, which is pretty amazing, and it is a special piece of work. Check out blackdesertresort.com for all of the details. I find it hard to believe that I'm the first one. You know, there's if there's anything better than than accomplishing something like this is making history. So the fact that you tell me that to be the first ever to do first European ever to do that, oh, hard to explain. Out of all the accomplishments and the many, many great players that have come before me, to be the first to do something like that, it's it's a very humbling feeling. And I think that sums up John Rahm right there. Very humble and uh, appreciative, grateful for everything that he has been able to accomplish in this game mm-hmm. so far. And and you know what? He, he he earned it, right? But it is it is hard. I found it hard to believe when I read that stat. Are you kidding me? Of all the great European players over time, he's yeah. the first one to win the Masters in the U.S. Open. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, you know, you think about Seve and Faldo and... Ola Thobel and all those guys that played that came over and played the PGA tour from Europe, um, especially the guys that won the masters. And then to have this stat put out where he's the first one from Europe who has won the masters that's gone on to win the U S open. The other thing that really jumped out to me was he's got 11 wins on the PGA tour. He's ties Sergio Garcia for the most wins by a Spaniard on the PGA tour. But six of those 11 wins, he came from behind. Yeah, how about that? That that blew me away. I just got chills thinking about that. But six of those 11 wins, he came from behind to win. And from his very first win in 2017 on the PGA Tour, this guy has proven that he's a front runner, but he's also proven that he can play some really good golf and come from behind to win a golf tournament. Well, look at some of the guys he beat, right? I mean, the, this earlier this season, he was seven down to Colin Morikawa yep. at the Century Tournament of Champions. Uh, the, at the U.S. Open, you know, Russell Henley, Mackenzie Hughes, and Louis Oosthuizen, who is a major championship winner, you know, led led him by three strokes, and he overtook him. Yep. Dustin Johnson and Hideki Matsuyama at the 2020 BMW Champion, a pair of major championship winners. Um 
2018 American Express. He was two back to Austin Cook, and he came back to win. And then you mentioned his first one, three shots back to Brant Snedeker and Patrick Rogers. So um, back in 2017. So those are some pretty impressive come-from-behind victories against some very accomplished players. Going back to um, this idea that he's – not idea, but the fact that he's the first European player to join this Mm -hmm. exclusive club. There's 18 players who have won the Masters in the U.S. Open – and PGA Tour, in their media notes, they listed them all out in the years that they won and the numbers that they won. And it's pretty cool, right? I mean, John wins the 21 U.S. Open and the 2023 Masters. DJ, 2016 Open, 2020 Masters. Um, Jordan got them both in the same year in 2015. Angel Cabrera, 2007 U.S. Open, 2009 Masters tournament, and then and then all of a sudden, then you got Tiger Woods in there, right? I mean, look at that: one, two, three, four, three five times. Yeah, three times he's accomplished it with the U.S. Open wins and the Masters. So it's pretty yeah. cool to go go down that list, and then to see your dad's name on there. Yeah, in nineteen seventy, he won the Masters, and then nineteen fifty nine and nineteen sixty six, he won the U.S. Open. Uh, of course, in sixty six at Olympic Club, he came from seven shots down to tie Arnold Palmer and then beat him in a playoff. And in 59, he laid up on the third hole and ended up winning by one shot. Um, the third hole, of course, was a par three there at Wingfoot. So um, dad also had a chance to win in 1969 and unfortunately spit the bit. Um, he was three shots clear going in the final round and uh, didn't play well. And But it was nice to see him come back and then win um, the next year in 1970. Jack Nicholas, by the way, uh, won the same year uh, in 72, uh, both uh, the Masters mm-hmm. and the U.S. Open. He's done it four times. Yeah, four, he's got the four times around the clock. Uh, ben Hogan, he did it twice, but four times a U.S. Open, twice a Masters champion. And both of his Masters came in years that he also won the U.S. Open, 1951 yeah. and 1953. He was both yeah. the Masters and U.S. Open champ. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, that's great stuff. And, of course, Ben Hogan is the one that everybody looks to for swing. Um, you know, you got the Ben Hogan bridge there on 12th and and uh, the Sam Snead bridge there as well coming coming off of the 13th tee. Is it the, um, I think it's the Nelson bridge, Bob. Or, excuse me, you're right, the Nelson bridge, yeah. not the Sam Snead bridge. Um, and, then, uh, and then you've got uh, uh, the Gene Saracen bridge there on 15 on along 15. the left side of 15. So uh, there's a lot of great history at Augusta National and a lot of great history with these 18 players and what they've been able to do to win the U.S. Open and the Masters, you know, as major championship winners. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Pretty cool stuff. Fuzzy Zeller, by the way, is on that. Raymond Floyd, Tom Watson, yep. uh, some of the players that we hadn't mentioned. Uh, Ralph Gouldall going all the way back to 1939. And Gene Sarazen, 1935 Masters champion, winning the second Masters and hitting that shot into 15. The double shot eagle. around the world. That's it. And uh, that's why the bridge, of course, is there for yeah. named after, aptly named for as the Sarazen Bridge. Uh, I did want to mention a couple of things. Rex, uh, Rex, in the last article or last interview, he mentioned that he thought the live players were the same, that he doesn't buy into the notion that going off and getting all this money was going to affect them. I mean, Cameron Smith effectively said that it did. He took more time off to spend with his mates, out fishing, not playing golf, and he was very honest with the media on Tuesday saying, I, my game's really not there. And it showed yeah. he, he was never part of this discussion this week at the Masters. So, look, I, I think it is easy to go to the, 
Brooks plays 54 holes, so of course he led after the 54. I saw the ones everybody posted. Congrats to Brooks Kepka, the 54-hole Masters champion Champion. this year. I mean, look, Phil Mickelson plays on that tour. Patrick Reed plays on that tour. There's guys, and and Phil's the oldest one out there, and he shot 65 on Sunday. So I think it's it's an easy, it's funny, but I don't think it really spells it out. The bottom line is Brooks just didn't didn't play well. The thing that you have to consider – when you're thinking about Brooks Kepka, especially if you're a fan of Brooks Kepka, is he's consistently reiterating that he's healthy now where he just has not been healthy the last couple of years. And the more t- telling thing is that he suggested had he known that he could get back to this state of health, yeah, might have made a more difficult decision to, to jump to the live tour. So with those things in mind, I think we have to factor Brooks into the conversation when we start talking about Oak Hill next month. LA and the open championship at at Royal Liverpool, right? I think you have to start talking about the two opens and the PGA, the the next three majors. Brooks has has got to be in that conversation. Yeah, he definitely does. You know, um, it it was, it's a, a perfect storm for Phil Mickelson and Patrick Reed because they're both Masters champions. Mm. They played this golf course many, many, many times. Patrick Reed played it in college when he was at Augusta State. Phil Mickelson thrives on coming to Augusta and Phil Mickelson can come to Augusta playing like a, you know, 1000 in the world and he'll come to Augusta and it lifts him. And, and that's what it did this week. You know, 71, 69 shot 75 in the third round when the round was broken up and you had the weather and all that kind of stuff, but he comes back in 65, 10 shots better in the fourth round. Augusta National brings the best out in Phil. Phil has always said that when he goes down Magnolia Lane, it changes him. It, it, it changes the way he plays, and it changes his thinking in his mind. He said, I can be playing terrible golf, which he has been. Rex talked about it. Hasn't, hasn't finished you know, his finishes in the last two years. Um, and, and then he comes to here, and he shoots 65 in the final round and finishes tied for second. So I think those two guys with having been masters champions before, it's a little bit different than Brooks Kepka, but Brooks Kepka played some great golf all the way up until that last round. Here's what Brooks had to say. Yeah, obviously it's, it's super disappointing, right? Um, didn't play, didn't play good enough to win. Um, hit some shots where I also didn't feel like I got some good breaks. I mean, for that ball to sit there on nine, um, on four and six, hit some good shots. He just ended up in some terrible spots um, where it was quite difficult. And then, uh, you know, 12, it was it was just kind of interesting. John hit nine and I hit wedge over the green. So, uh, and then 14, I felt like I just had to make a run for it. So, um didn't feel like I did too much wrong, but it, uh, that's how golf goes sometimes. I, I'd sort of, I mean, that's not a bad explanation by Brooks. That's, he actually gave us something there, but I don't really miss the tone. You know, the, I'm kind of too good to be talking to you tone. Yeah. yeah. Nevertheless, at least he did give us some of that. You know, he talked about some of the bad breaks. I, I guess I do sort of like smile. Don't on rely karma. On, on, on good breaks. Yeah, and I smile you know on I mean? karma a little bit. Make your too. good breaks. That's true. That's a good point, right? 
Yeah, you got to make yep. a good breaks. Yep. So, yeah. The other thing that I would, I sort of just couldn't quit thinking about when I was listening to his press conference is the fact that he was very acutely aware of all of the clubs that John Rom hit. Yeah. And he, he talked about on six, <laughs> he said he hit seven, but he said Rom hit seven iron. And he said, and I'm a half a club longer in the irons than John is. So, and he came up short. So I hit a, I kind of hit a half seven and I went over the green. I don't, I'm, I, I just, you know, again, the controversy around the five iron. Yeah. And was that the first round, second round? What was that? Or, yeah, first or second round. Yeah. yeah. And so that whole thing. And then to hear him talk about knowing exactly what clubs Rom hits. Now, maybe that's not a big deal. We'll have to ask the caddy about that on the back nine. Yeah. Don't maybe, be looking in somebody else's bag. Well, of course they're going to look. But but don't you think that? Of course he's going to look. It's just two of them. He's going to look and see yeah. what club he's putting back or yeah. whatever. Or maybe you see it what when it's flashed. Again, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with knowing what it is. It's just interesting that on the heels of that whole thing where his caddy and him are pointing out the five and all that yeah. stuff that yeah. he is so forthright knowing exactly what club John hit. Anyway, there's that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the, and the interesting thing about that also is John Rom knows how he's, how he's going to hit his shot. Mm-hmm. And, and if he doesn't hit it good, he probably didn't hit it good on six. You know, and then he hits a shot that carries over the green and he gets on the downhill line. He can't get it up and down and that kind of thing. So players are notoriously known for laying off a club and having their competitor hit something that is what they hit, the same club that they hit, and then blowing it over the green or short or whatever, you know, Tiger's done that many, many times. It's gamesmanship. It's how you, um, it's how you stay control over, over a guy that you're playing. And those yeah, guys, point. those guys were basically the only two that had a chance to win the golf tournament at that point in time through six holes. And so, um, maybe, maybe there was some gamesmanship going on. Perhaps. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. Some uh, additional thoughts as well. How about this uh, 13th hole? We haven't talked about it, but you might be surprised what the stats reflect about how the 13th played this year versus last year. We'll talk about it next year on Real Golf Radio. Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789. If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. 
That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Rex Hoggard for joining us here on hour number one. Still to come on the back nine. Hour number two, the caddy will stop by. We'll get his take on as we look back at the 87th playing of the Masters tournament. And uh, still much more. We'll hear more from those in contention, including the champion, John Rahm. Well, the 13th hole was a big topic of discussion. It was moved back. It played 545 yards as compared to 510 yards last year. So how did it fare? What what happened? And we all kind of were curious. Well, this year, the scoring average, 4.736. Last year's scoring average, 4.852. So it actually played slightly easier. Now, and it ranked, by the way, 15th where last year it ranked 16th so um yeah there's kind of some interesting things there now how about the the numbers because this is what we thought might be interesting right. there were 108 birdies 122 pars 30 bogeys seven double bogeys and two others eight eagles if i i think i skipped that there are eight yeah. eagles last year there were only six eagles 91 birdies 139 pars 37 bogeys six double bogeys and four others so I look at that and say, well, you had 16 Eagles, or excuse me, you had, you had six Eagles last year, you had eight Eagles this year, seven double bogeys last year, six double bogeys. I don't know. What do you think? What I think is with PGA Tour players, no matter what you give them, they'll figure it out. They'll figure out a way. And that's what they did at 13. I don't think it was that big of a deal. All right. Well, I know I put you short. If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. 
That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. A special news and update station you control. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network. If you own a business with employees and have not received your COVID ERTC payroll refund of up to $26,000 per employee, you need to act fast as time is running out. ERTCfiling.com has helped thousands of businesses across the country receive over a half billion dollars in government funds. This is not a loan and you do not have to pay it back. ERTCfiling.com consultants will make the process fast and easy and at a fee of less than 2%. Let ERTCfiling.com show you the money. Go to ERTCfiling.com to see how you qualify. Fees are at fixed rates per quarter qualified 2% based on total Average rates. USA News, I'm Rich Johnson. It was all about procedure in the first court appearance for suspected document leaker Jack Deshera. NBC correspondent Ron Allen outside the federal courthouse in Boston has a few details from that hearing. The judge explained the charges that he was facing. Uh, they said that he was charged with possessing unclassified documents pertaining to national security and possessing national defense materials. Um, he was told that he has a right to a preliminary hearing, or uh, which will come up down, down the road sometime. And there's a detention hearing scheduled for next week on Wednesday uh, when the issue of bail will be discussed. So how does Shara come out of this with possible freedom someday. He has an opportunity right now to cooperate with the government if he chooses to do so in a way that could greatly benefit him in the prosecution that will be forthcoming. Former FBI De- Deputy Director Andrew McCabe on CNN says Teixeira was an IT specialist, so he needed security clearance to work on computers containing secret documents. The maker of the abortion drug Mifepristone is joining the legal fight. Danco Laboratories is asking the U.S. Supreme Court to throw out the Texas ruling that blocked access to the drug nationwide. Danco says the ruling has created regulatory chaos all across the U.S.A. little more evidence this morning that inflation may be cooling. The amount we spent on retail and food items last month was down by 1% from February. That's a bigger drop than expected. But the March retail sales number is 3% higher than it was in March of 2022. Fort Lauderdale's airport's back open after a flash flood closed it since Wednesday night. The region was soaked by more than two feet of rain, falling in about 24 hours. Some streets around Fort Lauderdale remain flooded and shelters remain open. This is USA News. The roar of our engines, the pump of our heartbeats, the pedal to our metal, the sparks that ignite us, the pistons that push us, the passions that drive us. From the feelings that move us to the places that pull us on the roads that unite us. With nearly 6,000 stores and over 17,000 auto care centers, Napa has America's largest network of parts and care, here to keep you firing all cylinders. Hi, I'm Ronnie Deutsch, and if you or your business owe money to the IRS, I've got great news for you. Tax laws have changed. Billions of dollars are earmarked for IRS Fresh Start programs. And if you qualify, you can literally save tens of thousands of dollars. Listen, I know what you're going through. Call me if you want to speak with a tax attorney or tax professional for free. 800-284-9275. 
That's 800-284-9275. Some controversy in Honolulu, where the police department wants to buy 2,400 new guns for its officers. The department's spending nearly $4 million for the weapons, training, ammunition, and related equipment. But the gun it's buying is the Sig Sauer P320. And a lot of other police departments around the USA are getting rid of that model, claiming it's prone to firing all on its own. There are more than 100 reports of P320s firing without someone pulling the trigger and about 80 injuries. Former President Trump is scheduled to speak at the National Rifle Association's annual convention this weekend. Former Vice President Mike Pence and other Republican luminaries will also appear at the event in Indianapolis this weekend, and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will deliver a video address. The convention comes just days after a gunman with an AR-15-style rifle killed five people in a Kentucky bank. After the shooting, the NRA tweeted, Criminals love gun control because it keeps their victims defenseless. The NRA's website says guns will not be permitted at the convention because of security concerns. I'm Skip Kelly. Trump and Pence are also heading to Nashville this weekend for the Republican National Committee's annual donor retreat. It's a chance for top elected officials to mingle with top donors. Trump, of course, has announced his plan to run next year. Pence is also expected to join the race. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu will also be there, but he's been coy about his plans, not yet saying whether or not he will run for president. I'm Richard Johnson, USA News. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845-800-760-1845-800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the 10th tee? On to the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the 10th hole. Here's Brian and Bob. Yeah, thank you very much, and welcome into the back nine, our number two of Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. It's always fun to come off the Masters. Such great memories for Bob and his family. His dad, Billy Casper, winning there in 1970. It doesn't get old, does it, Bob, when you're out there and people say, wait a minute, your dad won the Masters? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, It's pretty funny. You know, I was very fortunate with the media draw to be able to play on Monday. Hey, we haven't even talked about that. Congratulations. And uh, I played with a guy from Scotland, a guy from New York, and a guy from China. And the caddies and everything. And my caddy says to me, he goes, Casper, did your dad win the Masters? I said, yeah, he won it in 1970. By about the second or third hole, all of them knew. And it was like, whoa, your dad won the Masters in 1970. <laughs> it was pretty cool. So It is cool, and it should be cool. And you should never apologize or feel no, anything not about at all. it. It's a pretty special thing, and it'll be the same when... When you go to the U.S. Open, 
where your dad's a two-time winner there. Same was your participate in Ryder Cups, where your dad's the winningest American player in Ryder Cup history. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool things. Your dad is a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. And uh, I'll tell you what, the, the thing that's cool about it, and we talk about this every time we go to the Masters, is just the way that they honor these champions for life. It's golf immortality. And they think that's why people so badly want to win this tournament. Aside from what Gary Player and everything was piling on about where the Masters ranks in all the majors, at the end of the day, that's the one you want to win. Well, and, and you know this. Having gone through the media draw and being able to play, they put all the men up in the champions locker room. That's where you can change your shoes and clothes and shower and all that kind of stuff. And it's really cool to walk in there and to see all the names of the champions and past champions and champions that are no longer with us that are on the lockers. And Zach Johnson still, my dad's still on the locker with Jack, Zach Johnson. Um, Seve's next to Charles Swartzel, which is right next to my dad's locker. And to see that still in there, that they just didn't take it off, you know, and just have him on a, with a picture down in the main hall of the clubhouse, but to see in that champion's locker room, his name's still there. It was really cool. In perpetuity, man. He's still a member of that master's club, which is super awesome. Hey, when we come back, we're going to tease it here. I want to hear how you played. We got to know. Everybody wants to know. How did you do out there at Augusta National? We'll talk about that next. Plus, as we continue to recap the 87th masters here on real golf radio. Are you looking to improve your baseball swing? You need the rip grip pro. Co-created by Dodgers, AAA star Drew Avins, the Rip Grip Pro will help you stay palm up, palm down, and pull the barrel of the bat through the zone instead of pushing it. Check out Drew's videos at ripgrippro.com and you'll see how this can help you or the baseball player in your family improve your ABs. Get the adjustability in your swing that you need. Go to ripgrippro.com. That's ripgrippro.com. This is your captain. You may have noticed my new haircut on your way in. Wanted to look my best. Getting the new passport photo taken at Staples. In and out in 10 minutes. And while I'm there, I can grab travel size body wash. Maybe a shower cap. Don't want to mess up the new do. Staples has everything you need to travel. 10-minute passport photos, luggage, headphones, even personal travel items. And now at Staples, get 20% off your in-store purchase when you buy any travel service. Get all set to jet and save at Staples. Offer ends 429. In-store only. Exclusion supply. With your choice of select sandwich, nugs, fries, and a drink, Wendy's $5 Biggie Bag is your go-to. Your nugget wingman. Your hot and crispy fry co-pilot. Just like us. We're like the bag boys. What? Bag boys, bag boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when we bring your food? <sighs> For a deal you can count on, bet on Biggie and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Bag boys, bag boys. U.S. price participation may vary. Includes choice of double-stacked JVC or crispy chicken sandwich with four-piece nugs, junior fry, and small soft drink. Third-party delivery pricing may be higher. With Progressive's HomeQuote Explorer, you can check if you're paying too much for home insurance, because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh, you mean like when I let someone with less groceries go ahead in line? Sure, there's a part of me that thinks, if you only need three things, maybe go to a convenience store next time. And now they're sifting through coupons, and my frozen foods are about to be not frozen. But still, it's the right thing to do. So compare rates with Progressive's HomeQuote Explorer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. 
Chimeric Antigen T-Cell Therapy, or CAR T-Cell Therapy, is a unique, personalized approach that harnesses a patient's own T-cells and genetically engineers them to recognize and attack cancer. Among patients with large B-cell lymphoma, or LBCL, it's making a difference in this difficult-to-treat blood cancer. Dr. Manali Kamdar is an Associate Professor of Medicine and Clinical Director of Lymphoma Services at the University of Colorado Hospital. The safety profile and effectiveness seen with CAR T-cell therapy reinforces use among appropriate large B-cell lymphoma patients, advances in treatment have created a shift in the nearly 30-year standard practice, increasing the potential of long-term remission for more patients. Patients treated with CAR T-cell therapy may experience serious side effects, including cytokine release syndrome and neurotoxicity, which can happen in the first few days to several weeks after infusion. Talk to a doctor to see if CAR T-cell therapy is right for you. For more information, visit bms.com slash cell therapy info. Sponsored by Bristol-Myers Squibb. Back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. And this segment is brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort in St. George, Utah. Go to blackdesertresort.com and find out about this brand new resort featuring a Tom Weiskopf championship design. You may have watched the CBS broadcast prior to the Masters coverage. Masterful Tom Weiskopf where Black Desert was featured as his final 18-hole design. We're very proud of that and excited to honor Tom and his legacy at Black Desert Resort. Exclusive real estate opportunities available. Some big announcements uh, on the horizon as well. Something that you are definitely going to want to be a part of. Check out blackdesertresort.com. What is going on on the outside is not always a reflection of the inside. Uh, I was calm. Uh, I never got frustrated. I never really got felt like anything was out of control. But obviously, you're nervous, right? There's tension out there. Um, that that bogey on nine, timing wise, was bad because Jordan and Phil came in making birdies, right? So what looked like a two, possibly more shot lead. Uh, narrowed down very, very quickly with the chance of making, then making making a birdie on 18, right? So um, made those 10, 11, 12 holes harder. Uh, again, I might have looked calm, but I was definitely definitely nervous out there. And uh, I'm glad that's the way it looked. I mean, that's what you strive for, right? You don't want to panic, and I never panicked. I felt comfortable with my game, and I had a plan to execute, and that's all I can do. That's what he did indeed. Masterful work yeah. there by John Rom, the 87th Masters champion. And, you know, hey, his the question to him, of course, was, you sure look calm out there. How did it feel? And he's like, well, what do you look on, what you see on the outside isn't always what's going on on the inside. You often hear the duck reference, right, where the duck looks like he's just sitting there quietly on the pond, but underneath mm-hmm. the water, those feet are moving pretty quickly, right? So yeah. I, let me ask you this, Bob. How nervous were you playing when you teed it up there at Augusta National? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't so much nervous. Uh, the fourth time I played, it was it was uh, it's always a phenomenal experience. Uh, I know the first time I played, I was just like shaken. But um, to see him, you know, my dad always said that he wanted to feel that pressure. He wanted to feel that nervousness. Um, he said there were there are a lot of people that get into that position and they back away from it because they they can't handle it. But the guys that are true champions mm. like he was, they relish that they want. In other words, give me the ball. They embrace I'll, it. I'll shoot the last shot. 
and I'm, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, but my dad loved being in that position. He loved having an opportunity to win and loved feeling those nerves and everything because he knew he could compete and he knew he could play well with all of that going on. It's great stuff. It's great insight. I, I can't think back to Hoosiers when, you know, Gene Hackman was calling the play and Jimmy was going to be the diversion and everybody's yep. got their heads down. What's going on? He's like, what coach? What's what's up? What's up? And Jimmy just looks at him and said, I'll make it. I'll make it. Yeah. I mean that look, that's, that's it, right? That's what, that's, it. that's what you do. That's what you yep. have to do. So yep. yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Okay. Before we get more into ROM and the rest of the contenders, we got more audio. I did tease. How did you do at Augusta national? I know you just said you've played there four times last time, <laughs> by the way, was 2012. So 2012. Uh, well, 11 years ago, 11 years ago, you shot even par. I was a better player then <laughs> <laughs> you shot even par. What'd you do this time? Uh, I shot 76, 38, 38 with a birdie on nine. So birdie the birdie on nine, on nine was strong. the highlight because everybody was coming up short there in the final round. That birdie on nine was awesome. Of course, we're playing the members tees. I hit a nice drive down there. And I'll tell you what, that green sips up a long ways from the bottom of the hill, which is where I was at. And I had 116. It's going to play like 125. I hit pitching wedge up there just left of the hole. And it caught that slope and came down about 12 inches from the hole. And I made a nice birdie. Really? Yeah. Inside a foot, huh? Yeah. What are some of the things that the caddy told you that that you had to correct that that you didn't even realize was I think you misshared with me. You you took more club on a couple of occasions. Yeah, I did on number seven. Seven's an uphill. Um, I had like I had like a hundred yards on seven, and because of it being uphill and a little bit of wind left to right and that kind of thing, I hit a I hit a gap wedge, a fifty degree gap wedge. Uh, the one on the one on nine. Um, normally I would have hit, I was thinking, you know, gap wedge, normal standard, 120, 125 yards. And, uh, I hit pitching wedge. Um, there's just a lot of different shots on that golf course where, um, if you're going downhill, it's, you know, you can take a little off, but if you're definitely going uphill, it's, it plays a lot longer uphill, especially with wind and conditions yeah no doubt about it well nice job 76 is pretty pretty awesome yeah. man. i mean that's yeah. you know you're 62 and you're shooting 76 out there and you haven't played the golf. members tees doesn't matter and you know you know we 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 played media days for us open and and that kind of stuff and to see where these guys hit it from and the scores they're able to shoot i just it just keeps continues to blow me away at what they're able to do and how they're able to score um, especially like at 13, it looks like a little tunnel back there shooting out of that, shooting out of that area with the new, with the new flag. And yet they still figure it out and they scored better this year than they did last year when the hole was 35 yards shorter. Yeah. And they made more Eagles, one yes. two more Eagles than they did yes. a year ago, which I, yeah. that was kind of the thing when we talked to Tony, his, his philosophy was there'll be fewer Eagles and there'll be fewer bigger numbers, but they'll probably right. be more birdies because guys will lay up, right? Right. And the scoring, average, the scoring average was going to be better. And it was. Yeah, and it was. But there were more Eagles. I think that was the yes. maybe that, that was kind of different yeah. about that one. So, hey, look, at the end of the day, it feels like, you know, hearing a lot of the players that it was more of a momentous decision yes. on 13 than it was in the past, right? They actually had to hit a shot, and they found the ball to be above their feet 
oftentimes, yep. which created a little bit more of an awkward stance and made him think about it a little bit more than just getting it over the top of that hill where it was, uh, you know, simply uh, an eight iron, nine iron on a pretty flat lie, you know, pretty routine shot. The other thing is, is you're also with those, you know, as you know, this is elementary, but shorter irons are coming in higher and they're stopping easier. Longer Correct. irons are coming in with a little more kick and you saw a lot of balls that just didn't quite hold and they'd scoot off the back edge a little bit. So, yes, hey, I, I, I think they did the right thing on that hole. I do too. I like it. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Having played the golf course and having seen how the golf course lays out, if they do implement the rollback on the golf ball, are they going? They may have to construct some new tee boxes on that golf course to shorten it up a little bit to take into account for the, that additional yardage. But having said that, those players will figure it out and they'll figure out what they need to do to continue scoring like they're scoring right now. I'll tell you, one of the guys that figured it out, aside from the winner, John Rahm, was a 52-year-old three-time Masters champion that finished runner-up after a Sunday 65. Here's what Phil said after. I'm hopeful that this kind of catapults me into playing the rest of the year the way I believe I'm playing. I really worked hard in the offseason to get ready. I've been shooting some really low scores at home, and uh, today I kind of let it happen rather than trying to force it, and I had a really good day, and... and um, and made some noise. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, but it was really a lot of fun for me to to play at this level again, and it's encouraging for me uh, going forward the rest of the year. Phil played well. I mean, what do you say? Well, what I say is you're going to have three more chances to play at this level again against the best players in the world, but all the rest of the times you're going to be playing on the live tour and only 54 whole events. So, yeah, it can catapult you into playing some good golf, but Play good golf when it matters. Well, he did. I know. On Sunday. And do it going forward. Play it when it matters. Well, that's his goal. And this is what yeah. he said in kind of as a follow-up. I certainly have a lot of gratitude to be able to be here and be a part of this tournament. Play well. Play good golf. And try to take advantage of a unique opportunity that I have, which is to play golf at a very high level at a later stage in life, given that I haven't had any uh, physical injuries, that I'm able to swing the club the way I want to, and then... Uh, with a little bit of work and dedication to compete against some of the best players in the world um, in some of the biggest stages. And, and that's really what's driving me. And uh, today was a, a very encouraging day. So he's been, he's driven by being yeah. on these big stages. And, and to yeah. his point, you know, he is at 52. He's a lot healthier than Tiger Woods at 46. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. And um, you know, he hasn't done anything that's torn his body down. John Rahm's very similar so far that he hasn't had anything that's really affected him. He's healthy. His cat, like Rex Hoggard said last hour, his caddy said he's very healthy and and uh, not much that's going to change um, his ability to play. And and Phil hasn't had. He's been healthy. The only thing he did was break his leg that one time when he was skiing, um, and uh, and he's been able to bounce back from that. It, good on Phil Mickelson for playing and being able to finish second in the Masters this year. The amazing thing is is that uh, Justin Ray with the stats that basically he laid out the days, but Tiger's entire pro career is between is 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 in between when Phil shot his 65 at the Masters. So you got to go all the way back over to over 9000 days, I it, think is what it was. Yeah, yeah. it's it's crazy. You got to go all the way back to before Tiger turned pro, the last time Phil shot a 65 at the Masters. So pretty yep. remarkable stuff that he was able to do it again. The caddy's going to join us next. Anxious to get his thoughts on Phil, on John Rahm and his win and uh this slow play discussion. We got to get into that as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to Real Golf Radio.
I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. If you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008, pay close attention to this message. Hernia mesh manufacturers have recalled some of the mesh material that may have been used in your surgery due to high failure rate. The FDA has even blamed the recalled mesh material for some of the worst of the health issues reported by doctors and patients. If you've had two or more hernia surgeries for the same issue and you're having severe complications, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-817-2968. 800-817-2968. That's 800-817-2968. If you're moving to another state, you're getting a fresh start in a brand new town. And when you choose a moving company to help get your valuable possessions to that new home of yours, you want somebody that's going to take care of your things like you would. That's why you need to call Colonial Van Lines. They're America's number one moving company for a reason. Because they'll take care of your things like they would their possessions. They'll use caution so nothing gets damaged. And they won't treat you like a number, they'll treat you like a friend. And when you call now on a qualified move across state lines, they'll give you a $250 discount. Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote. Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear, nothing shows on the back of your ear, and at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case, and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738-800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. When do you get it? Here's Brian and Bob. Hi, welcome back to the show. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper. Excited to welcome in America's favorite caddy. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Yeah, the caddy joins us weekly right here on Real Golf Radio. Always enjoy having him on the show. Caddy, how are you? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) 
Oh, he's coming in with the Brooks Kepka. Is that that? Is that what that was? Kind yeah, of he's like in. Uh, you know, I'm thinking right now. My my brain is not in the best state of mind, and and I'm just thinking. This is what happens to golfers when they're inside that what I call the zone of temporary insanity. And how do you how do you calm someone down to get the tachometer? Remember Johnny Miller used to say you want it right on the red line, but you don't want to go too hard, right? How how do you do that's the thing about caddy psychology. That's mm. I think that's the greatest thing you can do as a caddy is just know the psychology of your player and how to how to get him off the ledge or get him back up on the ledge or whatever alleged thing we're talking about. Well, let's listen. Phil, Phil talked about that. I think let's see if this is the cut. Hang on. Let's listen to Phil. I'm hopeful that this kind of catapults me into playing the rest of the year, the way I believe I'm playing. I really worked hard in the off season to get ready. I've been shooting some really low scores at home and uh, today I kind of let it happen rather than trying to force it. And I had a really good day and, and, um, and made some noise. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough, but it was really a lot of fun for me to, to play at this level again, and it's encouraging for me uh, going forward the rest of the year. Mm, that wasn't it. Let's try this one. I certainly have a lot of gratitude to be able to be here and be a part of this tournament, play well, play good golf, and try to take advantage of a unique opportunity that I have, which is to play golf at a very high level at a later stage in life, given that I haven't had any uh, physical injuries, that I'm able to swing the club the way I want to, and then uh, with a little bit of work and dedication to compete against some of the best players in the world, um, in some of the biggest stages, and, and that's really what's driving me, and uh, today was a, a very encouraging day. Those were really two good, nice cuts from Phil Mickelson, but not the one that I was going for. Somewhere <laughs> I have a cut that's that he talks about how he's trying to stay present. That's something that he struggles with, and he said his brother, who caddies for him, did a good job of helping distract him from getting you know de- wandering off by telling him some dad jokes. So I didn't know if that's where you were going with you know some of the caddy psychology stuff. Well, if, if it calls for a dad joke, you got to throw out the dad joke. And uh, Phil mentioned being having a feeling of gratitude. When's the last time you heard a professional athlete say he was grateful for being there? I mean, or being invited or whatever. I mean, you just don't hear that very often, do you? That's pretty cool. It's the opposite of the caddytude. The caddytude is when you just, grumpy about everything because mm. you've caddied for a little too long and now you got the chip on your shoulder and it's just now you have the caddy too yeah yeah and how good is the life the of a caddy especially in today's world uh, i'll tell you what you have to everything's relative that's one of the problems is that people lack perspective when you get up into the higher ranks of sporting events people are making lots of money they're all taken care of little things that I like to call them first world problems, right? We only have first world problems on the PGA tour, caddying or playing. Um, you know, what's the worst thing that happened? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous deal. Now there are certainly times when you can struggle financially and lose your job and things like that. But so does the, the rest of the world deals with that a lot too, but it is uh no, it's, it's awesome. And it does, Sometimes it's good to take a step back and say, well, you know, what could I be doing instead of this? I could be doing a lot of worse things instead of waking up the morning, going to a beautiful golf course, walking inside the ropes, getting a chance to earn a bunch of money. I mean, man, it's good. 
good stuff. Good part-time job. You, you talk about you talk about gratitude, and that Rom's whole press conference was basic on was basically humility and gratitude. Here's when someone told him he's the first European tour player to ever win both the Masters and the U.S. Open. This is how he responded. I find it hard to believe that I'm the first one. You know, there's if there's anything better than than accomplishing something like this is making history. So the fact that you tell me that to be the first ever to do first European ever to do that, oh, hard to explain. Out of all the accomplishments and the many, many great players that have come before me, to be the first to do something like that, it's it's a very humbling feeling. There you go. That's pretty much Rom's press conference to a T right there. Shams kind of like John Joms. I just made a new name, John John Rom. I like Joms. that Joms. So John, yep. yeah, John is uh, John is. Um, you know, this could go somewhere. We'll see if that goes anywhere. I think it will. John is like, reminds me of JT when JT was talking about the live and why he, you know, basically why he wants to play tour. They, they're not playing for necessarily the money's nice, right? But they're playing for the love of the game. They're playing for history. They're playing for competition. They're playing for what I think are all wonderful, the most wonderful reasons to do what they're doing. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. He, he spoke of that entire press conference was speaking like that. It was pretty cool to hear that. Yeah. Um, it, you couldn't not be a John, a John fan after that. A John fan. John.com. Here we go. It's just, <laughs> this is what's next. <laughs> I got I to modify it. Drum, 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 okay, drum, yeah, yeah. That's tough to say though. And only a pool can, you know, she sells seashells. Uh, mm. Drum, <laughs> not easy to pull off. But if you got it, you're in the club, right? Now you're in the club. All right. Well, now that pinky shake. now that we got you kind of you know loosened up a little bit, what what was your thoughts with that Masters and how it all shook out? It was good Masters. I was. I was surprised. My, my question about Brooks was, okay, th- I think this guy's got the mental game to have not basically competed for a year or more. It's been more than a year. And just hop right back into it. I think he has the, the head on his shoulders to be able to do that. Having said that, I'm, I'm a little surprised he played the way he played uh, in the fourth round, especially after the way he started in the morning of the of the final and the third round. Um, Rob looks like he, he was hanging on. He was making 10-foot putts for par all over the place. I felt like he was kind of fortunate to be as close as he was. Kepka looked more solid. And you just that's golf. You come out and just – it's such a fine line to go one way or the other. It's crazy. That's what drives everybody nuts, I think, is that – there is just a fine line between having it and not having it. And, but I was a little surprised that Brooks shot that round. I, I, I wouldn't have bet on that. I didn't see that coming. Not at all surprised Rom played well. Rom really did a nice job of um, getting it in the house until he decided to try to lose a ball for the first time in the history of major championships on the last <laughs> swing off a tee. I mean, that that would have been – could you imagine if the ball got lodged in a tree and you couldn't find it or something? I mean, you know. Yeah, but he ended up playing wow. a provisional for a ball that was right in the middle of the grass. Yeah. Well, he didn't know that. Though. I know, I know. I'm with you. 
Yeah. Hey, so Brooks, yeah. interesting, and I don't have the cut queued up right here, but a number of times in Brooks's press conference, he talked about clubs. And it it just kind of stood out to me that he's keenly aware of what John Rahm was hitting. He was talking about the seven iron that they hit on on six. And he said, John hit seven, and I'm about a half a club longer than he is with the irons. And he and Rom came up short or yeah, short. So I hit I yeah. chipped a seven. I hit a half seven and went long. And I just I couldn't help but think coming off of the whole five iron, you know, incident earlier in the tournament, to hear him say and then he talked about it on twelve too, that that Rom hit a hit a nine iron short and he hit a pitching wedge over the green. You know, or nine iron right in the middle and, and his pitching wedge went over the green. So I again, not that there's any crime in knowing what your partner hit but I just find it interesting that he keeps talking about all the clubs his partner's hitting. Well, when you're on part threes, you're going to know what the guy's hitting unless his caddy's covering the bag with a towel, which nobody does. So you're just, you're going to know on the part threes what the guy's hitting. So that's, um, that's normal, but well, it might also show you that he, he didn't, isn't thinking twice about, um, what people are talking about on 15, the first round either. Yeah. So he also he talked made, about, he also look, talked uh, about that. He didn't get a lot of good breaks in that final round. Yeah, that can happen too. I'd, I'd have to think back on that. I, I think the one on the one, the comment on nine where his ball landed around the left fringe and didn't come down towards the hole. And then he three putted that yeah. you could construe that as a, yeah, that's not, that's not the normal thing for that shot to do. It would, you would normally expect it maybe to, wander off the fringe just a little bit. Once it does that, it goes down near the hole. And yeah, that could, I mean, imagine he makes three there instead of five, the whole thing could change. So that's, that's the, that's the thing about golf. I, I like to describe competitive golf, especially coming down the stretch. It's like kicking a game tying field goal. Every shot. It's kind of like that, right? Mentally. It's that, it's that on every shot, especially, when you're at the masters or a major coming down the stretch, it's, it's a brutal mental exercise. And, you know, there are some guys just really, really good at it. I think Brooks obviously is good at it. I mean, he's won four majors, but some guys are really good at it. And Rom did a nice job with, he got it in just the way he should have. It was an impressive display, impressive display of controlling and playing the right shots and controlling them the way you wanted to. Did it really well. And that was a great little, what a great little shot on 14. A little punch cut paved with a five iron from, I mean, an eight iron from like 153. That was pretty cool. I mean, well, really well played. That was my favorite shot of the whole tournament, actually. Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Let's shift over to 13. Uh, A lot of conversation about the changing, lengthening of this par five. And uh, at 35 yards longer, it actually played slightly easier this year and yielded two more eagles than it did a year ago. Uh, what what was your thoughts overall on how the 13th played? Well, they got it back to where it should be played from. It was perfect. You got guys on the side slopes coming in with longer irons or maybe even a hybrid or a wood of some sort, just like it had been for the previous 8 million years before the ball and club got stupid long. So I think it's great. It was it was perfect. Um, what a shock that the Masters powers that be seem to figure out how to make it just perfect. 
<laughs> they seem to be pretty good at that. They, you know, <laughs> they're pretty good at that. And they got this one just absolutely right. So good, good, good for that. I'm happy to see that. I heard an amazing stat on TV. Um, two, two wild stats. One of them was nobody eagled 15 last year at all in the entire tournament. When does that ever happen? Yeah. And the other stat, here was the cool stat, though, and I'm trying to think of who I'm giving this credit to for coming up with it. I don't want to give it to the wrong person. But anyway, um, only 10 guys who made the cut yeah. don't have spikes in their shoes mm. for this event, for this, which was a slippery Masters, right? Yeah. Only 10 guys were wearing the, the no-spike shoes. Yeah. There you go. Lots of nails. There you go. I'm surprised. I'm surprised the nails are out of the game when they're legal to, to use. Man, I mean, tell me you haven't slipped in your soft spikes, no matter how good they are at some point in time, right? You're slipping in them every now and then. Now, granted, once in a while, even with spikes, your right foot would bail out, right, Bob, when you're coming down and you're pushing oh, yeah. off. And once, once in a blue moon with spikes. But I'm kind of surprised that the pros – don't wear the nails. I really am. Um, I know everybody's used to it from growing up junior golf. It's just in the DNA now, but man, you put those old spikes on and it's like, you're just gripping the ground. Um, having said that though, think about how guys, a lot of guys are swinging who are pressuring off the left foot and spinning the foot and releasing it and stuff. It's harder to do, harder to do that in spikes. I was going to say, how does Scotty Scheffler even swing with spikes on? <laughs> yeah, Scotty, Scotty might be, uh, yeah. He'd tear yeah. a knee. Well, Bob Gilder. I mean, imagine Bob Gilder looks at Scheffler and goes, wow, you got some wild footwork. Remember that? Remember Bob? Had Bob Gilder's oh, footwork. Gilder he, had he was, really wild, wild footwork. footwork. Oh, yeah. He was all awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'd like to see Scheffler on skates, ice skates. <laughs> Is he going to be awesome, or is it just going to be a disaster? I, I want to know. I want to know. I need to see this. Inquiring minds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's see if we can get some video for you on that. Well, okay. Caddy, uh, there was two other things we wanted to get to, but we're running out of time. One is uh, Jordan talked about how why he struggled a little bit last week, and he said he just played too much. Rory withdrew this week, and it's a designated event. It's going to cost him some money, apparently. So what, what's what's your thoughts on the notion that this new designated schedule is is causing these guys to play a little too much and uh, hurts their, their play around the majors? I have to look a little more closely at the schedule. There are only eight elevated or designated events, if I'm not mistaken, this year. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. So there's eight... So there's eight events and four majors. That's 12 events. I mean, that's not too many events. The question is the way they were, were they packed in a little yes. bit too much on top of each yes, other? Maybe maybe yeah. early on that, before the masters. Yeah. Yeah. Did you play six out of eight weeks in a row? Um, it probably sounds until you've been there and done it and watched it. Um, it doesn't sound like it should be a big deal playing six out of eight weeks or seven out of eight weeks. I mean, come on, really, right? It's, it, it just, Tom Watson said something interesting once because I was asking him about playing and all this and that. And, and he said, it's not the physical, it's the mental. You need to get away from everything that goes on at a tournament when you're a big-time player. You get in there and people are just all over you the whole week. It's just you're an animal in a cage. You're never, you don't have any downtime and that's what they got to get away from is all that 
all that stuff that's heaped on them from, um, you know, and it's stuff you want to do. It's the part of it, signing autographs and spending time talking to people and all that, but it, it wears them out. And, um, I've watched it and yeah, I was always shocked. I, I watched my guy sign a lot of autographs and I watched him do it every day, all the time. And I was just thinking, man, how does he do that every day? All the time. It's, it's, it's not, look, I'm not saying it's a hard job, but it'll, it does wear the guys out. So. Hey, we'll talk about that coming up next. Yeah. We'll talk about that next here from Jordan Spieth. He actually references some of those very things. Caddy, great stuff as always. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the caddy joining us here on real golf radio. Stay tuned for more of our masters recap show next here on real golf radio. Everyone expects distance from their driver. We're shifting the paradigm to deliver far more than that. We constructed the first ever 360 carbon chassis. It's 44% lighter than titanium, shifting weight to actively enhance both distance and forgiveness. Now you get 15% tighter downrange dispersion in our longest driver ever. This is the new paradigm in performance from Callaway, the kings of distance. It looks like a blade. It feels like a blade, but it performs unlike any other. The new Odyssey Tri-Hot 5K is a radical departure from traditional thinking. With multi-material construction, a shallow CG, and MOI over 5,000, we've actually made the blade forgiving. The days of sacrificing performance for looks and feel just ended. The new Tri-Hot 5K, it's a blade unlike any other. From Odyssey, the number one putter on tour. We all love heading to St. George for year-round fun, especially golf. But where to stay is always a challenge, and getting a tee time can be tough. What's been missing is a Scottsdale-style golf resort where you can stay and play and own your own residence. That's why we're building Black Desert Resort at Entrada, offering exceptional amenities from a spa, world-class dining and shopping, water park, and a Tom Weiskopf championship golf course. It's literally an outdoor paradise. Find out about exclusive real estate opportunities available now at blackdesertresort.com. This is not about splitting hairs. It's more precise than that. It's knowing to one one thousandth of an inch that every layer of every Chrome Soft is manufactured precisely, which we confirm with proprietary 3D X-ray. Precision technology is not an industry standard, but it is ours. You can hope your ball performs consistently, or you can know it will with precision technology. Chrome Soft, better for the best better for everyone for over two decades first tee has created experiences that build character we believe every kid deserves to feel supported safe to try something new and to be prepared for what comes next we develop their swing but more importantly their inner strength because we know what's inside doesn't just count it changes the game come join us at first tee Visit firsttea.org. Sometimes, less is more. Like creating a revolutionary new raw face to maximize spin in every possible condition. But other times, more is more. Like taking the most aggressive groove in golf and adding even more advanced wedge technology. Like optimized tungsten weighting. It takes true innovation to deliver pure spin in its rawest form. 
the new Jaws Raw from Callaway. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. This segment is brought to you in part by Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Go to Odyssey Golf at CallawayGolf.com to find out more. When you're that far back, you have to have everything go right. And uh, it was close, but I should have uh, done a lot better in those first three rounds. I made a, a tremendous amount of mental mistakes. And um, to be this close now, it's nice, but it also almost frustrates me more because um, I really I made some mistakes I don't normally make out here, and it was more decision errors than anything else. Jordan Spieth, after his final round, he made a nice little run, got himself a T4 finish, seven under par, but ends up five shots behind the winner, John Rahm. And and the interesting thing there, Bob, is he talked about the mental errors, and then in in following up with that question, he was asked, you know, what what was it about those mental errors? What do you suppose caused those mental errors? I think I played way too much golf into this. I, I, I came in mentally fatigued, and then you overwork this week every year. And um, I played way too much golf in the last. I mean, this is eight out of ten weeks, <laughs> so I need to change my schedule up going forward to be a little sharper this week. I, I think that has a lot to do with it, and then um, just a little lack of patience with the course being softer, thinking that that meant that I could try to attack more pins. And um, same thing I do with the players every year. You just you have to let the course come to you out here. I do a better job here than anywhere else, and it left me this week. All right, what do you think? What's your take on his comments there? Well, I think, you know, there's a couple things. Um, you know, he shot 69 and 70 in the first two rounds, you know, in red figures. But his third round is what really kind of caused some difficulties for him. He, yeah, he could probably picked up a few more shots in the first two rounds, but he shot 76 in the third round, four over par, and um, and then turns around and shoots 66 in the final round. Um, the third round is what hurt him. He was on the bad side of the draw. He had the weather. He had the rain. He had to come back out. Um, all those things go towards what he was talking about there. And, you know, these guys, um, th- the schedule of the PGA Tour and the designated events being stacked on top of each other, um, him wanting to play um, in his in his, um, in his his area in, in Texas and playing the match play and um, and everything, it's, it's tough. And I thought it was very interesting what he said is you come in here kind of being mentally fatigued in the first place, but then you overwork yourself to get feel like you're getting yourself ready to play in the Masters. And then you try to push the issue um, and not let the tournament come to you. So maybe he's, he's learning some things about the Players' Championship and also the Masters, that you need to let it come to you a little bit more and not push yourself so much. But here he is, another top five, another top ten finish. This golf course is made for Jordan Spieth, and I think he'll win again here. Well, Jordan talked about those events. So he played the two events in Hawaii, the Tournament of Champions. He tied for 13th, missed the cut at the Sony Open. After opening with a 64, he shot 75 to miss the cut. That's crazy. Um, We talked about that early on. And then in, in February... He played three times. He played Pebble Beach, which, of course, he's an AT&T guy, right? So he's going to play right. there, even though it's not a designated event. And then following up, there's two designated events. He he, uh, And by the way, he tied 63rd at Pebble, did not play well. And yeah. then he comes off of Phoenix, and he ties for sixth, misses the cut at Genesis, okay? Yep. So that was his February. In March, he played 
Bay Hill, which is a uh-huh. designated event, right? Tied for fourth. Played the players, tied for 19th. Played Valspar, where he was past champion. past champion, tied for third. And then went right into match play and tied for 31st. And then he actually skipped the Texas Open and, and played the Masters, where he tied for fourth. So, yeah, those are, I mean, that, that's a lot of golf in a short period of time. Now, the... That will change next year, this requirement. Yes. And, and again, we saw Rory McIlroy, who was – did you pick Rory, by the way? He was your pick, I did right? pick Rory. Yeah. So Rory missing the cut was not on anybody's radar, right? That wasn't going to no. happen at the Masters. Especially coming out of the match play where he played so well and knocked off the number one player in the world. Right. So he was – he he and, and his interview on Tuesday sounded as confident – as I've heard him around his yep. position chasing the career grand slam and the elusive green jacket, right? Ninth attempt and all that kind of stuff. So he misses the cut, and then he withdraws this week. And it was reported on Golf Channel that that's going to cost him up to $3 million. Yeah. Off of his yeah. $12 million pip money, which was contingent upon playing all but you get one pass on a designated event. Well, Rory skipped the Tournament of Champions, so he had already foregone his one. He took advantage of his one pass. So yes. now this is the second. Yep. So is there something to that, that these guys are burnt out a little bit? Well, and I think, again, that's just the schedule, the, the way everything was set up with the designated events and going forward in the rest of this year. The nice thing is the PGA Tour is determining the schedule now. They've, they've already talked about the schedule, the, last, the seven events after um, the Tour Championship. And now they're figuring out how they can do these swings where in between designated events, they've got two or three events um, that allow other players to get in to those designated events um, by virtue of their FedEx Cup points in in that little swing. And then they're not going to stack them on top of each other. They're going to spread them out over the year. The other thing that's a big topic this week is slow play. Brooks had this to say after his final round at Augusta. Yeah, that group in front of us was brutally slow. I mean, John went to the bathroom like seven times during the round, and we were still waiting. So, yeah, I mean, he obviously was throwing a shade on Patrick Cantlay, and Patrick was asked this week at RSM to respond, or excuse me, to Hilton Head to respond to this. Brooks Kepka shared some comments, just kind of pointed at your group uh, about the final round pace of play at Augusta. I was just curious what your experience was with the pace out there. Yeah, I mean, we finished the first hole, and the group in front of us was on the second tee when we walked up to the second tee, and, you know, we waited all day um, on pretty much every shot. I mean, we waited in 15 fairway, we waited in 18 fairway, so I imagine it was slow for everyone. So that was how he responded. What's your take on the slow play? Well, he is kind of deliberate when it comes to putting and being on greens and that kind of thing. Um, he takes his time. And then you've got Victor Hovland, who's doing the aim point and all the points of reference that that aim point entails. And between the two of them, I think it was the perfect storm. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit slow, but it hasn't changed much. It's, it's always around five hours in the Masters. Um, and it wasn't that much difference. Brooks is just used to playing fast. So is John Rom. Yeah, we'll play the rest of his cut where he talks about and explains that a little bit, which is pretty interesting. You can also see that on Twitter. We'll take a short break. We'll wrap up the show next. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. 
Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60% water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Echo Antioxidant Water, developed by Synergy Science, is the best water you can drink, and it's only available through this special radio offer. Over 1,000 research studies have shown that the powerful antioxidant used in Echo Antioxidant Water can reduce inflammation, improve brain function, help you sleep better, and boost gut health. With just two glasses a day, you can experience these benefits right from the comfort of your home. Some people have even replaced their morning coffee jolt with Echo Antioxidant Water. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789 That's 800-944-1789 If you're taking a calcium supplement, it's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them. And it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217-800-437-8217-800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down. 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. All right, thanks for joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Appreciate the caddy. Thanks to Rex Hoggard, who joined us in hour number one. Again, if you missed any part of it, hit us up on Twitter, at Real Golf. We'll post the show in its entirety and the segments individually, where you can listen at your convenience. Also, search for Real Golf Radio wherever your favorite podcasts are are found and i'll tell you what as we there's there's so much more to get into and we'll continue to talk about those in the coming weeks but as we wrap up the 87th masters 
it was a special week with all that corresponded with John Rahm, a Spaniard, winning on Seve's, what would have been Seve's 66th birthday and the 40th anniversary of his final win. Uh, Augusta National showed well, as it does every single time. It's just a special place that everybody appreciates when you go to the grounds and be able to experience it and, and sitting at home watching it on TV. I know yeah. so many of my friends said they just blocked it all out. They had the app up. They had the computer up. They had the TV on, soaking up as much as they could. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Every time we have an opportunity to go there, I pinch myself. And every time I have an opportunity to think about my father winning this golf tournament, it it's it. It's an emotional thing for me. Well, as it should be, and something that uh, is is a really amazing thing, and that I've been able to be a part of on the fringe through your family. It's pr- pretty awesome stuff. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Dave Glauser, our producer. He's Bob. If you missed something from today's show, you can find it now on iHeartRadio Talk. That's iHeartRadio.com slash talk. A special news and update station you control. Follow us on iHeartRadio Talk and stay in touch 24-7. You're listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.